Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on your iOS device, and there, if you want, you can chat with me or other hosts from the Locked On Podcasting Network when we go live doing our shows in Locker Room. Tigers, I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, April 2nd, 2021, and the Tigers are undefeated. The boys went out yesterday and got their first win of the season. A.J. Hinch is undefeated in his tenure as the Detroit Tigers manager. Does Does it sound like I'm excited? Does Chris Castellani have a bit of a pep? in his step today. Yeah, he probably does. He is excited. It it didn't hit me. It really didn't. Maybe it's because I've been so wrapped up in other things. Maybe it's because college basketball was going crazy with Michigan and, and all that stuff was that was happening. But it hadn't hit me until there was that there was actually baseball yesterday. Honestly, until the first pitch. And here's part of the reason for that. And here's a little story here, a little anecdote for you. I'm going to talk about the game, obviously. And uh, I was on Locker Room after the game yesterday and got a question that I'm going to play on here as well. They sent me the recorded Locker Room session. So I'm going to go through all of that. But yesterday did not start off well. Um, I had some plans that uh, fell through. And so I was, you know, that's whatever. That happens. You know, I, I like being around friends. Didn't work out. It's fine. It's fine. No, no biggie. And then, so I get home, and it's 12.45, and I'm like, all right, opening day, let's do this. Every TV in my house is down, down completely. So I'm like, okay, well, I can stream the game. But the, the entire service was down, so I couldn't even watch the game on streaming. So I'm literally, I, I'm looking up at the sky going, God, if you are there, I don't know what I did to make you so mad at me. So I hauled ass, got in my car, went to a local bar, and watched the game there. These are the sacrifices that I make. To, to, to get these post games in, to get these podcasts in. I don't know what in the world is going on. All my TVs are still down. I'm going to call AT&T later. Probably going to put me on hold for an hour and a half. Fine. I got to get that fixed. I'm home alone this week. It's been, it's been all messed up and weird. But you know what made it worthwhile? Is that we got to see a Tigers victory. And you know what made that one so much sweeter too? Is that it was a Tigers victory that I genuinely wanted. The first tweet that I sent out yesterday was no more tanking, no more tanking. And I know this team isn't going to be very good, but you don't hire A.J. Hinge unless you want to field a baseball team that you believe at some point is going to be pretty good. A.J. Hinge did not get hired to lose games. Ron Gardenhire got hired to lose games. And they'll deny that forever, but that was that was the truth. Because there were there's 29 other teams in baseball, and not a single one of them would have hired Ron Gardenhire. That, 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 again, that's that's the truth. They, they gave Guardy a nice little retirement package, and he went his merry way and did fine. You know, cert- He did a serviceable job doing what he was asked to do, which was lose a ton of games, but you don't bring in Hinch unless you want to win at some point. And I think eventually, whether or not they're going to act like it, I think they want to win. And yesterday, 
was a great start to the Hinch era, and, and it begins with starting pitching. I thought Matt Boyd is very good. He's he, he got away with a few mistakes. Command was not excellent. Four walks, three hits, only two strikeouts. Very difficult environment to pitch in, and, and that's why our, I I get I. I kind of overlooked some of the command issues because dude was out there slinging a rock. I mean, it was 30 degrees out. It was snowing in the first pitch. It was a full-on blizzard in the bottom of the first inning. I'm going to talk more about that in just a second. But considering the conditions, I thought he pitched very well. He benefited from the fact that this version of the Cleveland Indians is not going to be the version of the Cleveland Indians that we've seen over the last four or five years. And I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to listen back to this and say, ah, come on, Chris, it's that's hyperbole. There's 161 games left. You can't say that. It's not hyperbole because I've been feeling this way for the last several months. I don't believe that this is going to be a team that's going to be super competitive. In fact, th- their opening day lineup is better than De- than Detroit. It is because they have really good pitching. Detroit doesn't have anybody as good as Jose Ramirez. They don't have any pitcher as good as Shane Bieber, even though the Tigers beat him yesterday. They did. But it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the year, hell, even by, by the trade deadline, the Indians have one of the weakest rosters, maybe the weakest roster in the AL Central. I think that they have made the decision not to be very competitive. I think you don't trade Francisco Lindor uh, unless you, you don't have unless you have plans on not being very good. And I think that's where they're at right now. I don't think that they they want to be very competitive this year. Their ownership and management is is pretty cheap. Mainly ownership. The management is fine. Management does a good job. It's it's ownership that's cheap. The Dolans drive that entire fan base crazy, and I understand. I don't think that's going to be a great team. For, I mean, prime example was yesterday. Tigers won a 3-2 ball game, and, and it could have been a lot worse if not for Gregory Soto and not looking not looking very good there in the ninth inning. Tigers took advantage of it, though. I thought the pitching was very, very good, and then in the bottom of the first inning, Really cool moment, and I I know that a lot of these seasons over the last several years have been ugly and rough, and they have been. They've been pretty darn brutal, but you got to look for moments, and and Miguel Cabrera has had a career filled with great moments and and, and moments that, as Tigers fans, we're going to remember forever. I, I, I love Miguel Cabrera, as critical as I have been, and I don't think I've been overly critical. The, contra- the contract is not Miguel Cabrera's fault. Like Even Jordan Zimmerman, I, I, I softened up on at a certain point. Yes, terrible contract, but you, you get five years, 125 mil thrown in your face, you signed it. You, you signed the deal. End of story, period. The, the contract is not Miggy's fault. He was the best player in baseball, best hitter in baseball for you know close to a decade, and that was an excellent moment. And he's now, what, 11, 12 home runs away from 500 on his career off of Shane Bieber in the bottom of the first inning. The question that was asked to me in locker room, and I'm just going to tease it, I'll probably play it in segment number three, is that somebody asked, is this kind of the ideal game, the ideal way that the Tigers are going to win baseball games this season? And my answer to that question was yes. I'll elaborate more on it when I play that that clip from locker room in segment number three. But really awesome moment. They tacked on another one in the next inning to make it three to nothing. And that's what you have to do against a pitcher like Shane Bieber, because Bieber is excellent. And he he had good stuff yesterday. I'm sure he was not a fan of pitching in those conditions. I completely understand why. My my one of my best friends and boss, Anthony Broom at Mazenbrew.com was like, he offered me a ticket. I mean I couldn't go because I was working, but he was like, hey man, do you want to go? I said no, but I I was like, man, I'd like to go to this game. It might be fun. Opening day, yeah, I know it's COVID and stuff, but you know, we'll wear masks, watch the game. Just watching it on TV, I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't go to this thing because it looked brutal. And as a pitcher, 
you know that you have to you have to weather the elements. I am still under the belief that all Major League Baseball stadiums should have retractable roofs. If I was ever to start a charity, it would be to give retractable roofs to stadiums across America. Personally, I think it's asinine. If you're gonna play games in 30 degree weather in April, then either play them all in warm weather climates or build build retractable roofs. I don't know if Comerica, uh, given its its spaciousness, uh, lends itself to, to having a retractable roof, but I don't know. Geez, get a, get a giant piece of plastic. Put it over that. I don't know. Uh, that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the pitching and the rest of this game, this Tigers victory on opening day. We'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back for segment number two. Going to talk a little bit more about Matt Boyd and what I saw out of him yesterday. Like I said, I thought he was excellent. Five and two-thirds scoreless. I believe 90-something pitches. Nearly got through six innings. I think last year, Matt Boyd, and this was one thing that I pointed out on the locker room session yesterday. I think Matt Boyd last year may have been a pitcher who actually suffered from throwing too many strikes. For one, he was getting behind in too many counts. Say what you will about him in 2019, the ERA wasn't very good, but that slider was effective for him. He had trouble locating that, and I think he was throwing too many pitches in the zone that were getting crushed. I think he did a good job of working all four corners of the zone yesterday, induced a lot of weak contact. I thought, you know, obviously his his bread and butter is going to be the fastball slider mix. It should be. I have no issue with that. He drove me nuts in 19 and the early parts of 2020 with his refusal to, to go to his other pitches. But I think the biggest reason for that is he wasn't very confident with a lot of those pitches. I think he's he's grown a little bit more confident in them, and they don't have to be great. Like most pitchers in Major League Baseball, not all. But most pitchers in Major League Baseball have two great pitches. Now, of course, the great ones, the the truly dynamic ones, have three or four. Like Pedro Martinez had one of the greatest fastball changeup combinations of all time, but he developed a cutter and he developed a a curveball. And that's where he went from being just a really good pitcher to being an all-star Cy Young caliber pitcher. Matt Boyd's never going to be that guy. So I have no issue with him being primarily a fastball slider guy, but he will get crushed. And last year proved this. He will get crushed if on any given day, he doesn't have a feel for one of those pitches. That's why somebody like you Darvish is so promising and such a good pitcher. You Darvish throws a million different pitches. So let's say he doesn't have a good feel for a slider on a day. Okay, that's fine. You can mix in the curveball, the cutter, the splitter, and the ch- and the changeup, right? Matt Boyd, if the fastball isn't being located well, and if the slider doesn't have a good bite to it and good depth to it, he's going to get crushed because then he becomes a one-pitch pitcher. You have to throw a wrinkle in there every so often, and I thought he did just good enough of a job yesterday of keeping hitters on their toes by mixing in the curveball and the changeup. And and what's weird about that is he doesn't necessarily even have to throw them for strikes. If he just mixes speeds well enough, he's going to keep guys on their toes. Stuff is not the issue with him. Is it overwhelming? 
No, it never has been. He's never going to be Chris Sale, but he doesn't have to be. And while I did just spend a fair amount of time poo-pooing the Indians lineup, it is worth noting that it's primarily a righty-dominated lineup, which may have made things a little bit difficult for Matt Boyd, or could have made things difficult for Matt Boyd yesterday, and it didn't. I thought he was very effective, very good. Uh, One guy who impressed me a lot yesterday, and has been solid for the Tigers, I think I I haven't taken him very seriously, and that's just my my typical pessimism shining through, but Jose Cisnero was throwing darts, and look, I, I as critical as I am of Al Avila, and as easy as it is at points to make fun of him, that that's a, that that's been a nice pickup for them. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy who was out of the sport of baseball for five years. I mean, maybe not out of the sport of baseball, but out of professional baseball. All of a sudden, comes back in 2019 with the Tigers, and like he wasn't terrible in 2019 with the Tigers. I was just like, okay, he'll be here for one year. He's another one of those like placeholder guys because the team's not very good. He's actually turned into a serviceable reliever. His stuff is very good. I mean, fat, one of the harder throwing pitchers in that bullpen. And while because of his age, I don't know if he's a long-term option, he's sure a heck of a lot better than Joe Jimenez. And I think I saw Jed, the, the UK Tigers guy, tweeting that if this was last year, Gardy would have gone with Jimenez you know, to, to build his confidence or whatever. That's not going to be the case with Hinch. Hinch is going to go with the best option available. I thought Cisnero was very good. Of course, any manager looks good when you're pitching a shutout, right? Every every decision looks smart. Every move looks legit. Daniel Norris came in, and Norris, uh, as a bullpen option, I'm fine with. It is, it is clear to me that Daniel Norris is not a starter a, a, at the major league level. That's okay. Like, like I, I realized that after 2017. I'm like, all right, he showed some promise in 15 and 16. He doesn't have it in 17. He's not going to be a solid starter here. That's fine. Move him to the pen. They've been so insistent on making him a starter. He just doesn't have the consistency, uh, the the ability to repeat his delivery. He's not capable of doing that consistently enough for him to be a starter. Fine. Move him to the pen. And he still has command issues. One thing I brought up on Locker Room, and I'll, I'll bring it back here, most relievers, not all, most relievers don't have impeccable command. Most relievers are hard throwers that get a lot of swings and misses. That's okay. While Norris's fastball velocity dipped a fair amount in 17, 18, and even in 19, he found his velocity again last year, was reaching the mid-90s. Even yesterday was 91, 92, which I think on a regular day probably would have been 94, 95, but given the conditions and the fact that it's early in the season, he was throwing not as hard as maybe he would have at this point last year, near the end of last season. Against a lesser lineup, I feel like he might have struggled, but he was fine. And then, of course, Gregory Soto came in and had trouble throwing strikes. Gave up a two-run home run to Roberto Perez. Project may not be the right word for Gregory Soto, but his development is going to take time, and he's going to be frustrating here. His stuff as good as it is, is not very polished. Just command and strike throwing is going to be an issue. And while I just said that most relievers don't have impeccable command, they do have some. Like, what's made Aroldis Chapman so lethal is that, like, he he learned to locate his fastball. Yeah, it's 105, and when you locate it, it's basically unhittable, and he has been for a majority of his career. But even with the command issues, I just think his problem will be the development of a second pitch. I've talked about that ad nauseum. He's got a great fastball. One of the best fastballs in in, in the sport in terms of uh, overall velocity, and it was a season ago as well. So I'm not worried about the heater, but every major league player that he's going to face off against can catch up to a fastball. Like Grayson Griner grades out to be one of the worst catchers or one of the worst players in baseball. 
I've seen Grayson Griner catch up to a heater and hit it out of the park, right? Like, that's not an issue with most major league players. you got to be able to throw a wrinkle in there. The development of a slider will be the key to his success. He didn't really have it yesterday. At this point in the year, because of how cold it is, obviously you want to see guys do well, but I'm not going to hold it against a player or multiple players if they're not hitting or not pitching well in 35-degree weather. A majority of the season is going to be played in warmer climates, if it's June 18th or August something and Gregory Soto still isn't commanding his fastball and still not throwing it for strikes, then I'll be the first one to come on here and be like, all right, maybe there's an issue. But yesterday struggled a bit, did get out of it, did end up earning the save. I mean, a meaningless, a rocking chair save. I also think that while he did close yesterday, A.J. Hinch is not going to be hellbent on having Gregory Soto be the closer all year. I think he's going to play the matchups. And yesterday didn't do him any favors, but when you have a bullpen that is kind of raw the way that this one is. Like, there's a lot of guys that you think might be good. Like, we all think Gregory Soto might be good. Cisnero looked very good. Norris is okay. There's not that one huge hammer, you know, hammer the nail in the coffin type of type of reliever. There's not a Wade Davis. There's not a Roldis Chapman or a Craig Kimbrell. And when you do that, when you don't have that, I think we're going to see a lot of closer by committee. I think we're going to see a lot of playing the matchups. And maybe Soto won't be used in the ninth. Maybe he'll be used in the seventh in high leverage situations. Brian Garcia did not get into the game, but was warming up. I think if Soto would have let one or two more batters on, he would have tried to come in and probably close this thing down. But overall, I have uh, I have really zero complaints uh, with how they played yesterday. I thought it was an efficient game. I don't recall them making any errors, a well-pitched game. Uh, that's how they're going to win in 2021, and that's going to lead me into segment number three. Got a question on Locker Room yesterday. Somebody asked if this is the ideal game for the Tigers in 2021. I'm going to answer that next. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. And we're in the finals. It is Built Bar madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter for the finals. I am going with cookie dough chunk to win the whole thing. Got to stick with a cookie dough. Big cookie dough guy. Have been my whole life. I'm going with that to win Built Bar Madness. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won the finals and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Lockdown MOB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for the final segment. Got a question on Locker Room that I'm going to play here. I believe it was Sam Jane who asked the question, so thanks for listening and thank you for asking that question as well about whether or not yesterday's game was kind of the ideal scenario in terms of how the Tigers are going to win games in 2021. The audio here isn't amazing. It's not as good as what you're listening to right now. I, I recorded it on my phone as opposed to my snowball mic, but the quality is still good. iPhone mics are fine, and I appreciate you listening. I'll be right back here to wrap up the show when we are all set and finished. Yeah, so the question I had for you kind of, I mean, it was a great win. It was a good bounce back from, from Michigan losing this week. Right. Um, but uh, the question I you is you kind of see this as like I know you might have said this in your before I I kind of hopped on a little late but do you kind of see this as like the ideal Tiger game plan for a win you kind of score a couple runs early 
I mean, obviously, Matt Boyd isn't going to give up zero runs each mm-hmm. one of the outings, but like something like this, you know, where it's kind of a couple runs early, got to take advantage of your opportunities like uh, Jones did and Victor Reyes on that pass ball. Maybe right. out of scope or Maggie or, you know, Robbie Grossman, who actually had a pretty good day today at the plate. Um, but yeah, do you just kind of see this as like the the game plan almost for a Tigers win? Well, I mean, look, you give up zero runs that you're going to take that any day, right? I mean, the, the pitching was excellent. I I, I think so, because I think that this off this lineup, this offense is not going to be one that has the depth to be able to one through nine put together quality at bats every time through the order. I think that this is going to be a team that uh, may live on the kind of bloop and a blast principle or a walk and a blast principle. And that's what we saw today, you know, early in the game. A uh, few, few seeing eye singles, and then Miggy hits the the or uh, seeing eye single, then Miggy hits the uh, the two run shot to put him up two to nothing. I, I think that this team's strength, if there is a strength, uh, will be in their pitching and playing the matchup. So they showed the graphic on on TV today, and it was it was pretty stunning the amount of percent, you know, the amount of starts in which uh, the Tigers had pitchers go five or more innings. It wasn't many at all. I mean, I think you had. Uh, you had Turnbull going four, Boyd went two, Scooball went one. Ed, besi- besides that, uh, you got a lot of innings out of the pen. And, and they will get more innings out of the pen this year. But I, as Hinch has stated, and I mentioned this in my um, in my video, uh, the identity is going to be starting pitching. And uh, I think Matt Boyd is a pitcher that the deeper he goes into games and the, the deeper he goes into his career, uh, hitters have been able to figure out, but today was a prime example of of how good he can be. You look at five and two thirds innings, not a lot of hard contact. Uh, work, you know, work worked his off speed stuff pretty well, mixing in the changeup and the curveball effectively. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I would I would say that probably is the, like the ideal game that the Tigers are, are planning on winning. I don't see this team winning many ten to eight games. I don't see many eleven to ten games. This is a team that if they're going to win. It's going to be 3 nothing. It's going to be 4-2. And I think they're going to try to rely as much as they can on the young arms that they have in their staff. And today, it, uh, it worked out brilliantly. All right, thank you to Sam for chiming in with that question. I, I forgot to mention segment number two. I believe it's going to be Julio Tehran going in game two for the Tigers. I don't think they're going to throw Scooball out there against a righty-dominated lineup. I believe it's going to be Tehran probably going up against Zach Plesak. So looking forward to those matchups. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani one four. I am back on Twitter doing post-game videos Again, I, I appreciate um, all of uh, you know all, all the support here. It, it, it's it's really meant a whole lot. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five star review of this program. It would be much much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be right back here on Monday, recapping some more Tigers games and talking about some more Tigers news. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and go Tigers.